Greetings and welcome to Resistance Recovery. Resistance Recovery is dedicated to the exploration of any and all topics related to recovery, spirituality, and culture. Join us as we interview thought leaders working at the edges of cultural transformation. My name is Piers Kanuka, and I'll be your host. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Resistance Recovery. I'm very excited about this week's show. I have with me Justin Downey and Domingo Starosa of the Mass Avenue Project. So we're going to talk about this important work and the reality of Mass Avenue in Boston. Um, but before we start, I'd just like to get these guys to introduce themselves. So Justin, you want to just give the, uh, the audience a little thumbnail of who you are and yeah, um, my name is Justin Downey. I'm a, um, I'm a lifelong resident of, of, of South Boston. I grew up in South Boston, and uh, I'm also in recovery, I'm a recovering heroin addicts. I am a convicted felon. Um, I have been on multiple methadone clinics and suboxone clinics in and out of Boston. I've been in and out of the Massachusetts state prison system in the county jails. Uh, I, um, I'm clean now. I, um, I, I'm working on yoga teacher certification and, and, and one of the founding members of the Mass Avenue project under James Bradley. And, um, you know, we're just we're, we're a small organization, mostly made up of people in recovery, and 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 we go down and we provide services to the residents of um, of Mass Ave, the 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 homeless and hopelessly addicted and mentally ill down there, and we have been doing clothing drives, food, medical supplies, raising awareness, and trying to get people off the streets into actual treatment that actually will help sustain them uh, a, a life independent of being um, confined to uh, clinics and being institutionalized and, and, and we're down and we're trying to help human beings and meet people where they're at and see what we can do in order to get them off the street and 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 if we can't get them off the street, we're just down there trying to sit with people where they're at, man, sitting on the pavement, listening to them and um, hearing their hearts, hearing their cries, seeing their despair and letting them know that it doesn't go unseen. Hey, Piers, thanks for having me. Uh, it's an honor to be on here with uh, you guys, especially um, Justin. We've been, we've been creating this relationship for the last six or seven months getting to know each other and understand, you know, what drives us. Um, you know, I had put up a post a while back talking about, uh, you know, a knight in shining armor hasn't really gone through the trenches. Um, you know, when I look at, when I look at individuals like Jimmy and uh, Justin, and you see that armor with all those dents and, and, and tattoos and um, physical wounds, you kind of, you kind of gravitate towards their understanding of, of life because, you know, I got the same thing. You know, hide a lot of our body wounds through our tattoos um, and, and the way we go about doing things. 
I'm, I'm part of the, uh, an organization called the South End Roxbury Community Partnership, where we came together organically on this concern, uh, where we were able to meet individuals um, from the Mass, Mass Ave Project uh, to be able to build a coalition so we can increase our visibility. And of course, to help each other grow um, to the directions that we want to go as far as helping individuals who are suffering and navigating um, substance use disorder, mental illness, and homelessness in, in the mass and caste area. And we were able to come together and show not only Boston, but surrounding communities, how we the people have the power to help each other when there's no special interest behind it. And, and that's one of the issues that I see uh, as a candidate or at-large counselor here in Boston, there's a lot of special interest groups who are, who are dictating how we go about helping people. Um, because again, it's a cash cow. As long as we, we continue to feed the system, we'll continue to make money. You know, programs are running for 30 plus years on the same issue and their, their achievement numbers don't reflect for the amount of money that's been put into those programs. Where we have individuals like myself and Justin, we're doing it from the kindness of our heart and we're able to locate provide treatment, give people more uh, mental support, emotional support, just because we're a presence in the area. So, you know, it gives us a different lens on how we go about actually bringing in people uh, to the conversation from all walks of life. This is a humanity concern. It's not just a, a one-way um, conversation. This is a conversation that affects all of us. So for the audience that's not aware of the goings-on at Mass Ave, can we just do a little backstory on that? Like, what is Mass Ave and why is, and how long has it been getting worse? And, and what are we seeing? What are people seeing that walk those streets now? You want to, uh, Justin, you want to take a piece of that? Sure, sure. You know, it's Mass Ave, the area that we're mostly focal, our focal point is, it's very symbolic, Piers, especially coming from somebody, you know, with the knowledge that both you two gentlemen have on societal complicity uh, that creates this issue. Um, it is in an industrial area, you know, it, it, originally, you know, it, I, I don't think the, there's not a whole lot of residentially, in, you know, in this, in this one part of this block, right. It's, it's, it's mostly industrial and there's a jail, two methadone clinics, a shelter, and an emergency room all in the central location area, right? And, and 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 basically what's happened is people are getting stuck down there, forced down there because, of course, the city, the police aren't going to allow them to congregate anywhere where the, their visibility would be really, really high, right? So they're basically corralled into this area, right, of, of barrenness, Right. There's no chairs down there. There's it's just concrete, very unforgiving. Um, like I said, there's a jail there. There's a hands off approach from the police department down there per D.A. Rachel Rollins. She doesn't even want drug dealers arrested down. There. It's an open air drug market. So anybody that's not, that's familiar with maybe, I don't know, the show The Wire. Right. So you, you can kind of put get a visual on what an open air drug market would look like. Right. Um there's uh, an epidemic of, of, of not just homelessness, because the, the, this is also a very brazen crime, right? And, and um, nothing being done about it, right? Uh, 
People are allowed to just sell drugs in the open, inject drugs right on the sidewalk. The, the streets are literally about ankle deep with trash, right? There's no, the city doesn't even provide a garbage barrel on the street anywhere for these people. The sidewalk is strewn with needles. When we were down there last weekend, it was raining out. It was kind of a very heavy day. Because you can imagine the rain, even people that are living their life properly, the rain makes you very reflective, right? Weather like that, it's kind of like depressing as it is. So imagine being out in an open-air drug market in the rain, right? And no shelter, no overhead protection, clothes are wet, just soggy and just drenched on people. And we were down there handing out food and clothing. And, and, and it was like very... It was a different vibe that day. It was not a lot of conversation. People were just huddled over their spoons on the sidewalk and just injecting fentanyl, injecting meth, injecting whatever else they were injecting down there. And um, and, and and just the feeling of despair and hopelessness is getting to the point where it's it's so heavy and crippling, right? That you, you we were down there in the rain. I was standing there on the sidewalk talking to Jimmy, and I looked down and. There was literally a stream of needles just going into the sewer, right? And, and this is happening again in front of a jail, in front of two methadone clinics. Symbolically, what, is, what does that tell you as, as, as an individual and as a taxpayer, right? That flooding the jails, for one, if you're a guy or a girl doing time in this county jail and you're overlooking this street, which is what their view is, right? And when you're being released and walked out the front door, this is the first street that you walk out on, right? After sitting up there in your head and in your heart and the reflection and the natural kind of hardness that prison, right, brings and, and, and jails bring. It's the first street these, these men and women are walking out on. They literally don't have a chance, right? They're immediately, immediately snatched up into this area, right? And... um. It's 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 just a, a very desperate situation down there. It's very desperate because it's not just drug addiction. There is a shattering of 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 the psyche happening in these individuals, too. So I, I, I being a heroin addict, right, recovering heroin addict, I shot real heroin, right? Real heroin, right? For years, right? Real heroin does not do this to the human mind. What's going on down there? And I've been in some pretty despair-filled situations. That's something I, I want to get to eventually is to talk about the actual drugs that people are doing now. Sure. Uh, Domingos, when you, when you walk the street and talk to these people, what can you say about the demographic of the people that are on Mass Ave? Who are these people is what I'm asking you. They're everybody. They're your neighbors, your, your, our, our kids, our brothers, our sisters, our parents. They're our loved ones. Um, they all have someone who cares for them, even though they're in this situation um, that sometimes might seem like there's no hope. This is why we go down there, because we're complete strangers. You know, my mom would tell me I'm the best at everything, right? Even though I'm on 510, she tells me I can dunk. Doesn't mean I'm going to be able to do what she says. So we try to go down there and, and let people know total strangers care for you. Total strangers are, are rooting for you to get help. So we continue to advocate because a lot of these individuals look like you and I. They, they're going through life issues, suffering from depressions, postpartum stress disorder. Like, I mean, you name it, folks are going through it. That area 
is where city services are provided to families who are displaced. So if you're, if you're home caught on fire and you don't have the network or the network to be able to keep yourself in a hotel or put yourself in a position where you, you know, you're renting like an Airbnb for a month or whatever, this is where you go for services. And the red tape that's put up there keeps everybody out. Black, white, Spanish, Haitian, Latinos, you name it. It, it, there's there's no discrimination on anyone who's looking for services. It's either is either you do or you don't. And what we've noticed is the numbers are only increasing. We have folks who are coming from as far as Maine, as far as Florida, who who come to Boston to relocate, looking for a better lifestyle, and then winds up being stuck. We spoke to a gentleman that's been on the streets. He's 53 years old. He's been on the streets since he was 17. He spent a good 30-something years on Methadone Mile, a.k.a. Mass Ave and, and, and Cass, looking for help. And he says, you know, it's a revolving door. And these are folks that look like you and me. Some come from good backgrounds, middle-class families. Some come from low-income families. But at the end of the day, they're all humans. They all look like and smell like and talk like us. They're, they're us. They're, they're me next week if I lose my job. They're me next week if I don't have, you know, my home catches on fire or, or I, 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 you know, I snap because of something and I go to the medical facilities and they just put me right back on the streets. They're, they're us coming out of prison, looking for a better, a better way. But how can, how can you when the same thing that you went to prison for is right in front of you, dab slab in front of you? Um, even guys being released from state prison, that's the area that they wind up going to because they're on parole. So, you know, they had a, a parole office down there that folks had to go in and check in to be able to get, um, you know, on the right path to get back into society. But they all look like you and me, bro. And you guys are both saying that this is getting worse by the day. And that means both the numbers of people down there, the actual conditions down there. And that, that's fair, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's getting it's getting increasingly worse. It's um, like I said, to walk around there is, is 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 you can you can feel you can feel you can feel energies, right? You you feel energies. We, that's part of what makes us up human. We can we 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 feed off each other, right? So you can feel the presence of of despair there. You can feel the presence of death. You can feel the presence of invisibility, which is even worse, right? That these people aren't being seen. You can also see them being pretty mistreated, pretty mistreated by the by by, by the police down there, um, being pretty mistreated by even the city workers that are supposed to be taking care of them. I, I've been told to my face numerous times in this comfort station, the city workers that are uh, manning this comfort station, uh, having their friends coming down there and, and, and selling drugs to the people down there. So um, it's, 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 it's a disaster. It's a human disaster. And, 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 and there's no response. There's no type of humane response. The city uses these coined terms like comfort station, right? Because they're so, uh, you know, they don't believe that people are going to get out there and ask these hard questions. They don't think that me, there's guys like me and Domingos left in the city because they've created a yuppie playground. Boston is now a yuppie playground, right? It's, 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 so they don't, they don't, 
they don't count on the fact that there's still community members like me and Domingos who grew up there our entire life, right? Who are seeing this. I grew up with most of the, most of the guys and girls that are out down there, right? I've done time with guys that have been down there. My sister is out down there. And I don't care who you are as a person, right? I got myself on stable ground now, but my recovery is not just about me being on stable ground. It does something to you. When I walk down the street down there, man, and I'll tell you this, Piers, all right? I'll just give this quick story. And this kind of just will really, really capture what you can kind of feel down there. Again, last week, rain, right? You know, there are some people wearing masks down there with COVID and this and that and blah, 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 and some not, obviously. And, uh, you know, I walked up to this group of dudes and I was handing out some sandwiches and knocking and this kid had a mask on his face and I recognized the eyes, right? We were in Walpole together in 2012 and I looked at his eyes and I, I said, hey, Mark, is that you? And... He was in mid-injection, right? Mid-injection. He locked eyes with me, mid-injection, and tears just started streaming down his face because he said, thank you for remembering my name, right? This this, this, this is what we're talking about. This, this is why we're doing this. This is this type of stuff that fuels my response down there, Domingo's response down there, Jimmy's response down there. And I, I wish Jimmy could join us right now. He's at a wedding right now. I just want to say, man, that guy, right? You're not, if you're a homeless heroin addict in the city of Boston, you know who Jimmy Bradley is. That dude is tireless in his service to people. He's always, always, always helping people on a daily basis. He drops what's ever going on in his life to get people placed into adequate treatment. And I, there's just not enough I can say about him. It's really been honest to God, one of the biggest honors in my life to be able to grow with as a man with another man and then come into a path of another man like Domingo's down there. And this is just, we're, we're creating a, a serious momentum down there and you can feel it. You can feel it every time we go out and these people are starting to establish relationships with every single one of us down there. They trust us. You know, they don't trust the police. You know, who else they don't trust. They know 110% know that they've been abandoned down there and left by the city. They were completely and fully aware that there is no response coming there for them. And are you folks making allies, strategic allies with other groups? I mean, Domingos, you're, you represent this. The, the, tell me the name of it again. South, uh, South End Roxbury Community Partnership. Yep. And there... uh, we are making more than allies. We're, we're, we're creating relationships uh, where folks like Jimmy and Justin are brothers of mine. We're, we're fighting the same fight. You know, we're stuck, we're stuck in the trenches together. You know, we all have our backgrounds that people use against us. But when we come together, we don't even ask about that. Like Jimmy's, uh, Jimmy and Justin has tell, told me about their criminal background forever. And you know what I said to them? I got one too. We got the same resume. What does that, what does that got to do with what we're doing today? We all make mistakes growing up, especially when systematically a lot of the things that are pushed upon us um, continues to be pushed upon the next generation. Our education system's failing 54, 54% of students in Boston. That's regardless of what school they go to. The Conant School's in the middle dab slab of South. So the students who go to the Conant School are being let down. What happens to them when they become middle schoolers or high schoolers and they don't have the proper services and someone doesn't pick up on some of the behavioral issues that need to be picked up because they're doing budget cuts 
you know? So the reality is, you know, folks are doing more than creating allies. You know, we have a group called Moms and More on the Mop. They're coming from Holbrook. They're coming from Plymouth. And every week, every week, we find somebody because Holbrook has a big issue uh, with this with this opioid crisis. And, you know, they'll send us a, a flyer. Justin will put it on his page. I'll put it on my page. Someone else will put it on their page. And within, you know, a few days, we're able to locate folks that the city has no idea is even missing because they don't put the effort in. Um, and yet there's, I'm sorry, you, uh, yeah, you're muted right now. Yeah, Piers, you know, my phone goes off sometimes multiple times a day with missing persons reports, right? People, families putting out pictures and this is my son, this is my daughter, this is my son's father, this is my son's mother, right? Could We know from what you guys are creating down there, uh, we don't know who to reach out to. Can, can, can you try to help us locate our loved one, right? And we've gone out down there and been able to find missing, missing people, man. You know what I mean? So um, I don't know. It does something to you when your phone goes off in a messenger and it's somebody's mother asking you to find their kid. It just does something to you. Mothers have way more power than anybody realizes. Moral authority, that's right. You know? Um, Domingos, can you hear me now? Yep, can you hear me? Yeah, we lost you for a bit. Um, I'd like to talk about, just a little bit to hear about, what kind of resources have been dedicated by the city? Is it, are we looking at something where something's massively underfunded? Or are we looking at, uh, misappropriation of resources or uh, just just um, incompetency about how they're utilized? I mean, what combination thereof? It's a little bit of all that. Um, the city will never say they were wrong. The city will never take ownership for bad decisions. They'll just put more money into it. And that's what happened when they decided to close Long Island Treatment Center, uh, where we had a couple of hundred beds to be able to give individuals a place for the night and a place to go to get treatment. Um, an area where the city could have created more programs to make sure that folks received the adequate services. By closing Long Island, we, were, we lost about 300 beds. Uh, that is the reason why Atkinson Street looks the way it does all day, all night. Uh, when services, so how, long, how long ago did it close? Uh, the bridge has been closed uh, for a good five, six years. Oh, wow. So this has been spinning out of control um, for, for quite some time. So the city created a comfort station, which is a, which is basically a safe injection site. Um, doesn't have walls, doesn't have even a roof. It's just, again, it's an encaged area um, where the city was like, yeah, well, let them shoot up in there and keep them in the cage. And we'll be able to contain them in that area like cattle. And folks would be there in case someone's overdosing. Uh, we, will, we will give them needles through the Needles Exchange Program that's ran by AHO, which doesn't work. The majority of the programs that are down there does not work. They've, they've been, they're properly funded. But the problem is no accountability. 
they create the numbers and those numbers that they put out doesn't project what we see. Uh, there's no reason why that an individual who continues to commit suicide by injection, this is what it is, brother. This is suicide by injection. These are folks, individuals who feel like there's no returning life, that there's no better day. And the city and the government, the government allows them to kill themselves through injection. And when we're out there and we're able to give someone a treatment of Narcan, the same Narcan that we're able to obtain from the city, the same needles that we can obtain from the city, so we can turn around and do a little more outreaching. This, this is not a seven to three issue. This is not a seven to 11 issue. This is a 24 hours issue. And those services are only provided nine to five. It has a nine to five schedule and individuals who are there mean well, but at the same time, shit flows down here. Whatever yeah. your superior says, you're gonna do. So when you see something wrong, you can't say nothing. And this is why individuals like myself are considered to be the bad guy and continue to be looked at as part of the problem because the issues that we see is what we put on uh, social platforms. Um, this was a, you know, I got a lot of, a lot of uh, folks upset at me a little over five years ago because I found videos of people overdosing in the middle of the street. When the city came out, Christopher William, Christopher, uh, uh, buddy Christopher, who was put on this issue to address it by the mayor, Marty Walsh at the time, he says to the news reporters that this is an urban legend. What, what people are hearing does not occur. People are not overdosing behind dumpsters when we're doing community cleanups at a school. Students are not getting pricked by needles at playgrounds while they're in school. Families who go to the playgrounds can't use playgrounds because people are defecating on the playground and having sex on your front doorsteps. So again, the services are there. We're the only city on the planet that has a poop response team. Someone takes a dump on your stairs you make a report and someone will come clean it off your steps. Good but you give, me a, you give me a fine for letting my dog poop on the sidewalk. So how does that work? Also, the city of Boston has over a $20 million a year budget for substance abuse, right? 20-something million dollars a year for substance abuse. Yet the only services down in this area are clinics and needles. Right. There is no. There is no outreach team. They'll tell you there's an outreach team. I've been down there multiple days, multiple nights. Domingo's been down there multiple. I never met anybody on the outreach team. I've never met one person on this this phantom outreach team that they tell you is out there. And you would think by now the amount of time that guys like me and him have put in down this area. I work full time. Domingo's works full time. He's a father. Right. You know, I, I, I work full time. I'm a taxpaying citizen, right? I can't believe I get to say that finally in my life, but I'm a taxpaying citizen, right? I go to work every day. I have my, my life that I live. I'm in a relationship. I, I have my practices and things that I do, right? I'm down there on my own time, you know, quite a bit, right? Quite a bit. Domingos is down there on his own time quite a bit. So if the city is, 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 is using these funds, right, to also provide clean needles, right? Why are guys like Domingos in the parks afterwards cleaning up the needles that they're given? Why is there a, a, a recorded and reported now story from the Boston Globe coming out 
about an HIV infection rate that's skyrocketing down there. If clean needles are meant to, to, to thwart uh, disease spread, right? Disease spreading, right? Um, it's still happening, right? I recently just connected with a girl that was homeless down there for a long time. She's doing really well. She just told me about this disease that's going out down around there called Chagas disease. It's a, a, a bug that gets into your skin, right? And, 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 and over time, left untreated, starts causing congestive heart failure. And it's getting, it's going in through the skin, through the feet. These, these, these bugs live in fields and in and, and, and grass. And people are walking around barefoot down there. And these, 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 these parasitic bugs are getting passed around in this homeless community. And um, she got, she got turned away from medical care and told because of the drugs that she's doing, that she's hallucinating and making, making this up when she was finally able to be proactive enough, even in the midst of her own addiction and despair, knowing that there was something else going on with her body. She was finally able to get a doctor in fall river, Massachusetts to check on her properly and diagnose her with this Chagas disease and brought his findings down that area and was able to find multiple people with this disease. And it starts getting, it's a parasitic bug that starts getting into your body. And uh, I was also told by Jen Tracy, who's the head of recovery services for the city of Boston to my face, to my face and Jimmy's face, that there is not one person, not one. Now, if anybody's ever driven through this area, right? Just driven through. Never mind guys that made the mangoes and Jimmy out down there pounding the pavement, right? If you just drove down that, drove down that area, you are going to be instantly, instantly brought into the presence of death down there. You can feel it in the air, right? She told me to my face that not one person has died on this street. Even after I told her the day after Thanksgiving, when me, Domingos, Jimmy were down there, doing a drive, a clothing drive, a bad batch rip through. And it was like watching uh bowling pins just drop. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. Boom, boom, boom. All happened on the street. People running over, knocking and this and that. A girl died at the corner of Atkinson Street. I know I've been a heroin addict for a long time. I've seen people die, right? I know when somebody dies. I watched this girl die. She was unresponsive for a long time, right? Ambulance came up. There was nothing administered to her. They just put her on the stretcher and wheeled her away. There are multiple videos out of people finding dead bodies in this area, right? Human beings in broad daylight laying out on the sidewalk in trash up to your ankles in needle-lidded streets and people just stepping over them like they're, like they're nothing, right? Um so what so this is the re this is the reality, Piers. Twenty something million for a substance abuse budget, right? There is not one proactive person down there trying to go anything past needles and clinics. That, that's that's literally the response. And what I'm hearing both of you say, and it confirms what some of my clients are telling me, is that there is basically a denial by the city of the reality. Whether that's, I mean, the other thing that I'm hearing, like those guys that show me these videos, um, that shit doesn't look like fentanyl anymore. I mean, maybe it's fentanyl or something else, but this zombie-like hollering and running around. And, that's not, yeah, that's not opioids. You know that. And there's no uh, problem they, with this at all. 
they, they a lot a lot of these individuals are, are are getting high off of crystal meth. So you're gonna get a lot of you know different looks of what of what they're going through. There's a high population who are doing synthetic, like even the synthetic weed, the K2, that we know causes hallucinants. Um, I'm sorry, we got a phone call coming in, but yeah, we got we have a whole new market of drugs. No one's doing heroin anymore. I don't even think you'll find you know 80 percent. You know, back in the days, you always asking what's the percentage. I don't right. even think you'll find a bag of heroin at 80 percent. You might find that 80 percent fentanyl and 20 percent heroin, just to give it you know it's heroin type of thing. And this is why we're, we're, you know, fighting with the police department who spends $4 million in that area and overtime to, to patrol the area, to, to be security guards for businesses, to be security guards as they sit out there and watch individuals commit suicide. You are aiding and abetting someone committing suicide. Dr. Kavokian was put on trial people and assisting people commit suicide. So... Why is it different for the city of Boston? Why is it different for the governor and his family not to like needles in front of their homes, but the black and brown families in Roxbury and Dorchester and South Boston and in South End and in Boston in general can wake up to someone overdosing on their doorstep? I have videos of that. Ladies screaming six in the morning that he's dying. And my buddy caught it on his surveillance video said he called the city, you know, made sure that he got assistance for the, for the gentleman and the lady. And when they come, they revive them and there's no follow through. Like you just watched this guy almost die and you're not even gonna take his information. You're not even gonna check his vitals. You're not even gonna make sure that he can actually walk away. Oh, well, he, he refused care, so whatever. What's up, fam? And that's how that's going. That's the mindset of individuals who sit in position who should be helping. They become desensitized. And they're for me, in my eyes, they're only there for the overtime. They're there because the paycheck is great. I get to sit in my car, watch the Bruins game, watch the Patriots, and the guy who's in front of me dying, it ain't my problem. I just put a call in. And then uh, uh, Unit 80, which is, which is specifically for that area, the EMTs, specifically for that area, comes in response, revives the person. First of all, the way they, they approach the people, individuals, is, is very degrading you're kicking someone who's already on the ground like literally kicking individuals you're grabbing them by their clothes and you're yanking them like rag dolls um you're treating them like crap because you're, you're revising them three four times a week well if you know you're revising someone for three or four times a week wouldn't you put a recommendation to your supervisors saying that something has to change that we can go about this in a different format than just allowing folks to refuse medical care i don't want to see anybody any six by nine cell, but I do want to see people get the services they need. And if we have to use Section 35 to make sure that this individual, now mind you, I go to BC for a football game or the Gillette and I'm shit-faced, throw me in a drunk tank for six hours till I sober up, right? Because I'm public intoxicated. None of those laws, none of those regulations apply on mass and cash. People come off the highway, sell all the drugs they want, get back in their cars, get back on the highway, and they leave and they come back tomorrow. Eight o'clock to four o'clock in the morning, 
day in, day out. We have countless stories of folks doing this in front of police officers on video. And the city's explanation is trespass orders for individuals like myself and Justin. You can't, you don't have a permit, you can't feed the poor. You don't have a permit, you can't give them clothes. The day after, like this last week, we had three consecutive days of rain. On the fourth day, we come out as a group and we bring fresh clothes because they don't have it. Folks don't have fresh clothes. That's a problem. Why? Because we're outshining the city. We're giving out warm meals. We're giving out first aid equipment because folks are walking around bleeding with no real services coming from the city. So you guys are getting pushback now. Is that, has that been gradual or is that really picking up now? It's starting to pick up, starting to pick up. We're getting harassed and told we need uh, permits to go down there and hand out clothing and food. Um, I'm not with that. I'm not getting a permit. It's not happening. So whatever the repercussions of that are, uh, I don't really care. I'm not, I'm not going to ask the city or pay the city pay, right? You have to pay for a permit, correct, Piers? Right? Imagine. You know what I mean? I'm not going to go pay the city of Boston <laughs> a permit, right? And and get a specific time and a date that I can go down there. And uh, no, it's not happening, man. My sister's down there, bro. You know, my sister. Permit. That's what that is. That's a humanity permit. Yeah, exactly. To be a human being. Correct. Correct. You know, my sister, my sister's down there. There ain't anybody on God's green earth that is going to tell me how to go and love my own family, you know, or people that I did time with or guys that I grew up with or girls that I grew up with. There's nobody on earth. I don't care. They can do whatever they want. We made that very clear. I was arguing with the police officer on Saturday and then Domingos walked up and started arguing with the same police officer and they, they backed off because I think they're probably used to maybe a, a, a you know mom's groups and stuff down there and, and, and people they can kind of like we don't want to get you know like I, I'm not I'm not budging on this I'm not I'm not afraid and I'm not afraid to call out I'm not afraid to call out politicians I'm not afraid to call out their lack of any type of a response for this area there is no response for this area right there is not one city councilor that is active in pushing any type of response for that area we don't have a mayor that's in any type of response for that area. And we have a uh, director of recovery services that is beyond, I'm talking beyond disconnected with the people mm. in this area, beyond disconnected. And frankly, yep. at this point, I go down there simultaneously. I can't help me. I'm human, right? I, 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 I love and I have anger too, right? So I'm down there loving people that deserve to be loved. And I'm angry at what I'm seeing. And I'm not going to just sit back and I'm not just going to sit back and be idle and not, and I don't care. Dude. They, 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 you know what I mean? They can get called out. They work for, they work for us. You know what I mean? They work for us. They get paid off our tax dollars, right? They have, they forget that. So, you know, I'm not going to be scared, afraid to call out leaders, right? To me, to me, in my opinion, Piers, the, and Domingos, the, 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 the true definition of a leader is not in their pursuit of power or greed or anything. It's in their mercy and their compassion. That's that's the idea of a great leader in my eyes, right? That's a that's a man or a woman who's in tune with their humanity, right? And 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 and, and truly building a city 
truly building a city that works for everybody, right? If you're not actively taking an active presence in taking care of the most vulnerable population, right? The most vulnerable population, because truth be told, when you walk around down there, Piers, and you ask these people, how'd you end up dying? You start catching their human stories, bro, right? It all reverts back to childhood trauma, right? So you're literally neglecting, you're neglecting lost and broken children is what is is what you're neglecting right and you're taking people who have already a massive amount of self-hatred and literally showing them that society hates you too right society hates you too you hate yourself we hate you too we're gonna let you die here we're gonna let you go without any type of mental health treatment we're not even gonna feed you we're not even gonna feed you right they're not even getting fed proper food right there's nobody down there's no city response down there to go down there other than maybe what bologna sandwiches that they give you in jails right that's a joke right there's no there's not even a chair there's not even a chair there's not a garbage barrel on this street right but they coin a term like comfort station right it sounds really nice to people who are going to drive by there <laughs> and read it in the paper yeah. as a comfort they know station. Recliners there. they don't got no right. recliners there i'm not you know? comfortable um, but just in the, you know, again, this is why it's important to, to shine the light on, on this broken system. Folks have to be, folks have to be on the forefront to make sure you, you expose the bullshit. This is not a voting block. These Correct. folks don't vote. Just like Flaherty said to you, are you a registered voter? And you're like, no. Conversation changes. Folks down on mass and cash are not looking to vote. They're not a voting block. If they were a voting block like the seniors, they'll have some kind of some kind of system in place to help them. We pick up and drop off seniors to go food shopping, right? We make sure seniors have certain things because this group of people come out and vote versus what we see on mass and cash. This all goes back to politics. It, does. it has nothing to do what you what you and I are doing. We don't have the power to change policies and procedures. The needle exchange from 1991, that doesn't reflect what's going on today. The ordinance on <clears throat> housing and how they go about providing low, low income housing. The city has gotten rid of just about all public housing to management companies. So you don't even have your own, you don't even have your own housing to help house people. Everything that we see on mass and cast is being done deliberately. That area is, is a high commodity area. It's right off the highway. It has a building that happens to be a house of correction. There's a few hospitals in that area that changes the landscape as far as zoning codes. You are able to build as high as the highest point in that area. So if you got a 20-story building, you can build a 20-story building. And this is what we're saying. The shelter only has something like under 100 beds. Why not build a bigger engagement center than what they already have there? Why not put into programs to prevent, like the DEER program that the police department is supposed to put in our elementary schools to teach kids to stay away from drugs? We don't do that. But also, do Domingos, do also the response so far down there Boston Cab Detox was the only detox that was in this area, right? The only detox in this area. It got shut down. How? 
How, if you're a city leader, right, and you have a twenty-something million dollar substance abuse budget, right? So that's a that's a pretty big budget, right? I, I believe it's upwards of twenty-eight million, right? It's a pretty extensive budget, right? And let's not let's not bullshit each other. Obviously, right? We know how city politics work. They borrow from each other's budgets, right, to fill in other things, right? Right. How is the only detox in this area shut down during the middle? of an epidemic of homelessness and an open-air drug market? How is a detox, the only facility that is down there to actually start start the process of getting people off drugs, right? Well, that's what the intention of a detox is. Now they're more so a way station to introduce you to the clinics, right? Is, is, is really what more so they are. Same as the jails, right? I've done time. I've been to the hole for bringing drugs into correctional institutions. I've been to the hole for doing drugs in correctional institutions. Now you just walk in and you're getting Suboxone prescribed to you while you're doing your entire bid, right? So now, you know, you're sitting inside yourself with the opioid, right? And and and, and um, this is the response now. There's, there is no active response on healing, Right. There's a big difference in giving people drugs, giving people medications, further employing pharmaceutical companies that have, you know, you know, greatly added to this problem. Right. And, and we know they've added to this problem. Right. There was just a huge class action lawsuit against Pfizer for intentionally, intentionally targeting uh, West Virginia, Appalachia down there. Intentional. Right. Flooding, intentionally flooding in the area. And how do they do that? By paying off local politicians, okay? And proven, all proven in court. Not one person in jail, right? Not, none of these people in jail, right? Uh, you know, me and you are now getting harassed by police on permits, right? You restraining order from the governor of Massachusetts, a restraining order, trespassing orders. Uh, it's, 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 it's reprehensible. It's reprehensible. It's disgusting. And I think that, you know, because we're winding down time-wise, but one thing I want to say for the record, you know, having been in the field forever, is the system really is, creates barriers to recovery, even when you can access the system. So, you know, these big block grants, all that money gets diverted to MAT. None of it goes to straight recovery. None of it goes to community programs. None of it goes to after-school programs for kids in the inner city. And one, I have this friend, Melanie. I got a shout out to her because she said this one day. She said, when you, when you deliberately destroy the middle class, you're going to have a percentage of people who do no longer have value as workers. And so there's no, there's no grooming these people to be workers. So what are you going to do? You're going to make money off of their bodies. Hmm. They're going to sell themselves in the sex trade. They're going to be consumers of medications. They're going to be drug addicts who go to private prisons or state prisons. But you're going to get a piece of them as physical entities as opposed to productive members of society. They become just slabs of meat. Oh, bro. You said it, man. Every day at six o'clock, they move folks like cattle from one corner to the next. And the police officers 
uh, they say, keep it moving, keep it pushing. That's what they say over there, over there intercom. Keep it moving, keep it pushing. And that's the sad piece, because uh, exactly what you're saying is what they're doing. Well, gentlemen, this has been really eye-opening. I think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this. Um, where can they find you? If they want to Amassing cast any day of the week. <laughs> we down there. But um, you can find me on Facebook, Domingos De Rosa. Uh, that's D-O-M-I-N-G-O-S-D-A-R-O-S-A. Um, the South End Roxbury Community Partnership. Uh, I'm on there too. Uh, we, you know, we collaborated again with Mass Ave Project to make to make sure that all voices were heard from all from all angles on this on this conversation. Justin. And, and you can find uh, me and James Bradley. Uh, my name is Justin Downey, J-U-S-T-I-N-D-O-W-N-E-Y, James Bradley, J-A-M-E-S-B-R-A-D-L-E-Y, personal pages. You can also find us on the Mass Ave Project Incorporated Facebook page. We are in the process of trying to become an official nonprofit. We've been waiting on the 501c3 for some time. So if there's anybody listening that possibly might have, uh, you know, further education, I'm, I'm just a regular dude. I don't know how to do this. Right. But I, I but I'm willing to really strap myself in and we're also starting coming at you is going to be on social media, myself, James, my friend, Paul Caulfield, my partner, Megan Kelly and, and Leah Rush are going to be starting a, a thing called Voices of Mass App where we're going to take survivors from that street. And we're going to tell this story through visual storytelling, through images, personal stories and reflections on the person, the society. And these people's stories are going to be vastly different than what the city leadership is telling you. All right. You can decide who you're going to believe. So, right you on. know, that's coming at you, too. All right, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure and an honor. And uh, God bless to both you and your work. Thank you, man. Yes. Thank you for joining us. For more information, you can find us at resistancerecovery.com.